Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. We are still in our series on transformational leadership. I'm joined by guest host, uh, Dr. Zach Shuttler. How are we doing today? I'm doing great, Jamal. This feels like it's becoming old hat with it being my third episode in this uh, mini series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are excited. I, I, feel, I don't think that there's anyone more adequate than you to talk about transformational leadership. Um, I'm sure there are some 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 good seconds, but um, I'm really excited about today's episode as we talk about developing your transformational leadership skills. So go ahead and give us some opening uh, thoughts on developing your transformational leadership skills. I think the biggest piece of advice I can give on to anyone who wants to develop their leadership skills is make sure that you always stay a student. That if you have a undergrad degree and poli-sci and, and your master's degree in administration and your doctoral degree in leadership, that really doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. It just means that you have the foundational skills. You have to be out there leading people. Um, you have to be reading books on the topic. You have to be speaking to other leaders and seeking out mentors and listening to podcasts and having these rich discussions because no one knows everything. And the only way to be a truly great leader is to always view yourself as a student of leadership and try to remove the ego and focus on continual growth and continual improvement in your leadership capacity. Right. And and just as you were talking, I remember seeing some random YouTube video when I was 15 years old and um, the guy on there, he had a group of people who was doing a seminar. He said, um, you know, he had a room full of people with master's degrees and doctorate degrees and just a really advanced degrees. And he says, um, all right, so everyone um, raise your hand if you've read 10 books after you've graduated and like only it was a room full of you know over 100 people and only like two people raised their hands and he says okay so now he says so now let's take the same logic and apply it to bodybuilding he says how crazy would it be if someone who is a bodybuilder in their profession um, never goes to the gym and works out and works on building their muscles even though they have a great physique um, to start how, how would that impact uh, their profession? And everyone was like, well, they need to work out every day. He says, reading and growing and learning, continuing to learn and staying current is, is the equivalent of a bodybuilder um, lifting weights. And that's something that definitely stood out to me or I, I remembered as it relates to, to growing. And that really um, was one of the things that I considered after I got my master's degree to continue to grow and to develop. Um, so, you know, just 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 in that same vein, let's talk about the importance of self-awareness and self-regulation in developing your transformational leadership skills. Well, in order to be self-aware, you have to ask a lot of questions, not only to yourself, but to people who you trust, who are going to give you honest feedback, whether that be, you know, your wife or, you know, maybe your administrative assistant at the office or your best friend. Um, and it's it's tough to ask those questions. Um, most people, most people don't really want to know um, how they're performing. Mm. There's a fear there. Um, those who go on to do great things and to excel 
they're constantly evaluating their own performance. And sometimes that can be to their own detriment because they become so hypercritical mm. that they have a hard time functioning. So much like anything in life, there's a balance. One of the, um, one of the podcasts that I've been listening to lately is the uh, Finding Mastery podcast by um, a performance psychologist. His name's Michael Gervais. Mm-hmm. He worked with the uh, Seattle Seahawks for a long time and with Pete Carroll for a long time, developing their mental strength and um, optimizing performance there. And he talks a lot about that. If you, if you want to be mentally strong and be mentally tough and be a great leader, you've got to seek out doing hard things. Mm-hmm. And often there's this misnomer that the hard things have to be physical. Like we have to go climb a mountain or we have to do a marathon, but those hard things also have to be mental, like mm-hmm. asking for honest feedback. Um, what are my greatest weaknesses? How can I improve? Yeah. Um, who do I need to bring on the team that has a greater skill set um, in this specific area compared to me? And can I um, be okay with that and right. not make me feel less than? And he talks so much about being able to look yourself in the mirror and be your own best friend in those areas. Mm. and show evidence. Um, He shared one activity that I'm going to do with my leadership team right now is that um, write down what you say about yourself that you believe in about yourself Mm. when you went through a tough time. You know, an example would be uh, when the chips are down, I come through in the clutch Mm -hmm. and then write down the evidence that you've generated that allows you to say that. Um, and I think that's a powerful strategy. I'm looking forward to, to doing that for myself and my team. You know, you've got to be able to generate, you know, the evidence that exists. And you can only generate the evidence by um, willingly going into the proverbial battle and doing hard things, both mentally and physically. I don't think it's enough just to do mentally tough things. I don't think it's enough just to do physically tough things. Um, I think you have to do tough things mentally, physically, and, and spiritually yeah. to be a mentally strong person. And that's something that I've, I've really had to work on Jamal. It's, it's not been an easy journey for me. And, um, I don't think I'll ever reach my goal, but, um, I know that I need to keep striving. Right. So, so a, a few things, uh, I, I read, a, I was reading a book called power cues. And as you were, as you were talking, um, in in his book, he talked about he talked about exactly what you said. Like think 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 about a time and then have the evidence to support it. But he also said that if you're going if you're if you're about to do something that you've never done before, you're about to do something that kind of makes you nervous. He says think back to that moment that you were extremely successful, that you were confident in, um, and that you knew before anything even started, it, it was going to be successful. He says, go into whatever, like visualize that and become that in your mind and then go do what you're about to do. It's something that I've adopted in helping myself um, regulate some of those things. Um, I go back to a, a play in my mind um, when I was in uh, high school. I used to get chicken biscuits for sacks. Um, one of my PE coaches I found out that I love chicken biscuits and she would always get me chicken biscuit um, if I got a sack in the game. Um, And uh, I remember uh, we were playing King high school and it was third and eight. And I, and I, she wasn't, she happened to be on the sideline and I pointed to her. I said, Hey, I'm about to get a sack right here. 
and I go and, and get the sack. That's just one of the memories that I hold when I'm about to do something, you know, that I may feel a little anxious about or, or scary or, or whatever it is. But it, it, it gives me the confidence to know that I've been successful before and I can be successful again. And I think also to, to one of your points in just really understanding who we are um, as people and uh, developing, understanding our strengths and our weaknesses um, and how that also impacts the team. But furthermore, I think about what you said when it comes down to uh, the feedback that I receive might not always be what I want to hear. And in right now I'm, I'm dealing with I'm dealing with that to a degree, but you know, as I as I look over some of the feedback, I realize that it doesn't cost me anything, but a little bit of ego. Because I mm-hmm. think sometimes as leaders or as people, we we tend to def- we want to defend our actions, we want to defend our why, and I think sometimes we don't really realize that sometimes our intentions and the impact don't necessarily align. And because our intentions and our in- impact don't always align, the when we do something, you know, that that we consider good or that's going to move the needle forward, and you know, you have a percentage of your people that are impacted in the right way, and a percentage of them that are not. Hearing what the the impact is and and adjusting your practice to um, reflect improvement on having a greater impact is something that um, came to mind when you spoke on that. What are your thoughts? I I think you, life never gets simpler. It it only gets more challenging. Mm -hmm. And I talk to the students about that here quite a bit when they mention, I can't wait to go on to college or I can't wait to go on and and go to the workforce and things will be, will be better. And and maybe they will be, but the reality is life gets more challenging. life gets more complicated. So if, if you want to develop as a leader, if you want to develop as a transformational leader, if you want to develop as a human being, which is what this comes down to, you, you've got to seek out challenges before they become real challenges. We talked about this in our last, um, in our last series, our last session about calculated risks. You know, we don't, we, we don't want to wait until till game day to see if we're up for the challenge. Right. We, we want to create practice situations so that we know right. that we're ready for the challenge. Right. And that's what the great leaders do. They, they seek out challenges, whether they be mental, physical, or spiritual, mm-hmm. and they use those as practice mm-hmm. to prepare for, for game day. Right. And uh, those are some of the things that that I've done more and more of, whether it's listening to podcasts. I signed up for Ryan Holiday's New Year challenge where it's 21 straight days of challenges. Um, I have this challenge card deck that with my leadership team will pull a card after every meeting. Mm-hmm. And a couple examples would be have a pleasant conversation with someone you disagree with. Mm. Uh, do push ups until you're exhausted and then do push ups again until you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Reach out and thank a person that you admire that you haven't spoken to for a long time. Wow. So these are little mini challenge decks and it prepares you for when the real challenge comes and when the rubber really meets the road. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with the, with the yearly challenge through Ryan holiday, one was, you know, pick a, a saying or a word. 
that you know you can refer to during the year when things get tough mm-hmm. and the word that i picked this year was practice mm-hmm. and the reason why i picked practice is that i'm trying to view things as an opportunity to practice for the when the real challenge comes along you know if i'm stuck in traffic that's an opportunity to practice patience if i if i disagree with somebody at the office that's an opportunity to practice um, understanding mm-hmm. and maybe compassion so trying to challenge myself each day so that when the the real the real adversity comes, hopefully, I've I've built up that layer of mental toughness that I can handle those leadership challenges. Right. So so just transitioning, one of the one of the main things in leadership, especially in transformational leadership, is building trust and credibility with your team. Talk to us about some techniques or some ways that leaders can foster and build trust and credibility with their teams the same way that you do it with yourself Hmm. i think the first person you have to establish trust and credibility with is you and that's that internal um internal clock or that internal thermometer and then the same same strategies that you use to build trust and courage within yourself are the same things that you then do with your team so once you build up that confidence and that um, vulnerability within yourself, then you can do these same activities with your team, whether it be pulling out a challenge card. And then our next meeting, we all sit around the table. And instead of talking about state standards or data, we spend time talking about, okay, who did you reach out to um, that had an impact on your life and how did that go? Right. So now our team activity by activity, Um, last month or two months ago, when I first got the job, we had a nice day in November and our admin meeting, we went to the track and we walked around the track and we shared our favorite quotes Mm -hmm. and why they're our favorite quotes. Mm -hmm. And that builds trust that builds teamwork because now I know my elementary school principal more than just the elementary school principal. So I understand where he comes from on his decisions and his background. Um, I think those are things that we want to often fast forward through Uh and we just want to get to dissecting the data, Yep. but strong teams know each other on a little bit deeper level, right? Strong teams know each other's background, strong teams can relate to each other and they begin to appreciate each other's differences because there are many more similarities than there are differences. So, to me, everything starts internally and you have to get comfortable with yourself. You have to learn to become a, a friend to yourself, which took me a long time, mm-hmm. probably 40 years to really become a friend to me. Mm-hmm. And then when you have that internal thermostat at the right temperature, then you can start giving to others and, and building up that same kind of capacity. Right. And, you know, I think one of the things that you said, and uh, and I know I really want people to grab hold of this, is the time that it takes. There is there is no there's no other way to build trust and credibility without adding in the factor of time, spending time with the people that you lead in conversation or, you know, in activity. But just like you said, I don't think that there's a a human, you know, a human on the planet that can just 
trust something or someone in their credibility after about five minutes of of knowing them. I think that um, we desire to have trust um, with the people that lead us. I think that's a natural desire that we all have. But I think the 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 main thing that you said and that I'm going to take away from this is the time that it actually takes to actually build that trust and credibility um, with with your team. Um, so just transitioning here, uh, we talk about building that trust and that credibility, but in terms of communication and collaboration, how do we how do we as transformational leaders improve that, and what are some ways that we can do that? The best way that you can improve that trust and communication is, is time and sharing of yourself and listening. And then when you share a little bit of yourself and then you take time to listen, what naturally starts to happen in most cases is that you find commonalities and you find common ground and you have to have the confidence not to overshare, but to share enough about yourself to where people see um, what your values are, um, what are the things that you hold dear, and also what are what are some of your flaws? You know, what do you struggle with? Mm-hmm. And then that creates that conversation, then allows you to get to the business side of things, to where um, we might vehemently disagree about project-based learning, mm-hmm. but because now that we've dealt, developed a strong professional relationship, and I know your kids, and I know that you enjoy doing this and where you went on vacation last year, that it becomes harder for those conflicts to become personal conflicts. The conflicts are, are focused much more on the task. And what, what research tells us about conflicts is conflicts are good for an organization. Mm. Organizations have to have conflict to grow. Mm. The conflict has to be focused on the task at hand. Okay. We might have seven different viewpoints on how we improve our math scores. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because by discussing and debating those seven different views, we get to the view that works best for our district. But if it becomes personal and the conflict becomes focused on um, somebody's personality traits or um, that that person's not a good human being or they don't care about teachers or they don't care about administrators, then that becomes very toxic and corrosive to an environment so it's a complete fallacy that conflict is bad conflict Mm -hmm. is very good for an environment if it is focused on the task at hand conflicts can become very personal even when they begin focused on the task if there's not that strong level of trust and care and empathy towards each other and you only get that by building it Daniel Coyle wrote a great book called The Culture Code. Mm -hmm. And he said the best organizations have three things. The leaders establish a strong sense of purpose. They create an environment where people are capable of being vulnerable and not vulnerable in the, you know, teary-eyed crying over things, vulnerable in the sense where they can comfortably say, I don't know how to do that, or I messed that up, or I need your help. And that people genuinely feel like they belong and that they know that they're going to be protected from outside threats because internally the team is so strong that while there might be conflicts within the team, that if an external conflict presents itself, 
the team itself will band together and protect each other from anything external. I think I, in as as I'm listening to you, you know, run down all these things, it 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 really comes down to um, like the the root of everything we're talking about is people and really how we treat them. Um, there are a lot of different ways that we could go about um, leading. And we can, you know, we can be, you know, charismatic. We can be, you know, it's transactional. We can be a lot of different things, but just just in what you said, I think it takes a lot for us um, as people to trust in general, but then to come together, it, it takes, again, it just takes time and, and working with people, but it always comes back to people. We're in the people's business. Um, do, Close us out with some closing remarks. I think to sum up everything that we've talked about, that if you want to develop yourself as a leader, you've got to develop yourself as a human being because they're one and the same. You know, good leaders are, are good people. If if you're if you're not just because you end up in a position of power, it does not make you a quality leader. People that do that, they're doing it for their own ego. They're manipulating people. They're not trying to help people. Really good leaders focus on personal development. They focus on personal growth. They seek out challenges that are both mental, physical, and spiritual to prepare themselves for the biggest game, which is life. Life itself is the biggest game, the biggest challenge. And um, they model those behaviors for, for others. And that's how they inspire people by trying to be what they want um, what they set their goal on and the people that do it for the right reasons, their goal was simply to be a better human. And I think that the greatest organizations in the world are made up with just exceptional, exceptional people. Well, there you have it. Um, this is Jamal Crook for Dr. Shuttler reminding you that opportunities are everywhere. Peace.